It's baseball season at Three Punk Ales, home of La Flama Blanca Pale Mexican Lager. Located in the heart of the South Bay at 259 3rd Avenue, Chula Vista. We're just a minor threat. Three Punk Ales. You're listening to the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican Podcast. Times like these, I wish I was still at Hewlett Packard. I don't. I'm, I, I want to talk to you about that too, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Another beautiful episode of Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast, and today another entrepreneur, another business wizard, Mr. David Favela of Border X Brewing. Aquí directamente de Barrio Logan, Ms. Favela. Thank you for coming in. What is going on in the beautiful world of you and Border X? Hell yeah. Thank you again so much for the invite. Really honored to be here. Uh, I've been watching this from afar and I thought it was really cool the way you guys are coming at it. And uh, ah. so what's going on with me today in, in, in my empire yeah, of now the, three breweries and counting? El Imperio. <laughs> el Imperio. <laughs> what's that Johnny Cash song? Uh, my Empire of Dirt. <laughs> yeah, man. Here's a, miss, a, a widely... Unknown misconception with the brewing industry. Todos piensan, oh, you're opening a brewery. Oh, cool. They're handing out million-dollar checks as soon as you open the brewery. Al contrario, to open up a brewery, be prepared to shell out at least a million dollars just to get everything up and running, man. It's no joke. It's no joke. We were chatting earlier about um, Mm -hmm. how... How difficult it is, obviously, to to initiate a small business, let alone a brewery, with all it entails, with all it takes, capital, reserves. And in San Diego, it's you and me, bro. I mean, Mm -hmm. my family, you know, and you and your family, Mexican-owned breweries. You know, that's it in San Diego. I mean, if memory serves right. um, I'm sure Black Owen, Cuando Compita, El Tim down the street. Mm -hmm. I'm drawing a blank on any other Mexican-owned, though. Well, there's a a beer brand, uh, Esteca. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 okay. They're good people. Uh, I think that's it. That's a think. wrap. <laughs> yeah, that's a wrap. It's not a long list. And even nationally, it's not a long list. I think there's, you know, 40, 45 in places like Denver, Chicago, a couple of different breweries have come up, but it's very few and far between. Oh, it's, it's heavy, you know? It's not like opening up a surf shop or something like that. You've got so many licenses, permits. Uh, my admin just called me to the, as I was driving over here. She's like, I've got a bill from such and such department and you owe $7,000. And it's just like, what? Who are they? Yeah. Yeah. That, those things, those things pop up. Yeah. Lucky. I was about to say, in fancy David, my admin called me. Yeah. <laughs> I am the admin, you know? <laughs> yo, soy, yo soy HR, yo soy payroll service, todo el onda. No, no, it, no. It, it, people, you know, people always say like, oh man, that's awesome. That's so fancy. All you do is drink beer all day. I don't even drink beer anymore, bro. I know. Yeah, I, I got so tired of being around beer that yeah. it was always readily available. Que ni ganas me dan de pistear chelas. But here we are today trying our new... Um, Ten and a half percent Imperial IPA, the one I was telling you, we made it for the Manhattan for their anniversary. So this one will be coming out soon. What drew you into the brewing industry? Primeramente, ¿cuándo comenzó Border X? 
Yeah, so we started on November 1st and 2nd, Dia de los Muertos, in 2013, down in Otay Mesa. 2013, Yeah, bro. we've been in the game now six years. Hard to believe. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And um, and we we started up in a little uh, industrial space, maybe a 1,000 square feet. We were brewing in a fancy home brewing system. I mean, literally 15 gallons at a time. I mean, uh, if someone had said you know, that that's impossible, it would have helped us. We had no idea what we were getting into. It was mostly about friends and family. Just mm-hmm. let's make some beer. Let's get to know each other. Let's have fun. You know, the rent was minimal. So it was no big deal. Um, that didn't last long. No? No. Uh, within, uh, by opening day, my brother and I, who had never tapped a beer in like since college, <laughs> we're like setting up the tap system. And when we roll up the, the, the metal door, there's a line of like 50 people. Like the South Bay was hungry yeah. for a craft brewery. <laughs> still are. Especially, still are. Especially down by the border area, the East Lake, you know, different communities down there. There's nowhere to go. You know, you don't fully appreciate that for them. North County is 45 minutes away. And many people don't want to make that drive. It's too much. Too far. I mean, that's what we open here. You know, yeah. you, you, you saw a need and you filled that need. And the response was there. I remember I went to your location. Who used to work there? Who used to work there? Joaquin used to mm-hmm. work. He used to work in Otay, right? One of our first hires. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went down there. I visited him. I was like, oh, man, this is cool. There was a lot of people that I knew simply because you guys were the only brewery in the South Bay, bro. Pretty much. Aparte de ustedes, ¿quién más? Well, well, once upon a time, there was Eastlake Brewhouse um, over there mm-hmm. in the designer district in Eastlake. But aside from that, no, mm-hmm. man, it was you guys and... I wasn't going to North County, bro. I mean, no. we're, we're, for me, the, why am I going to go to North County to drink beer and risk getting a DUI driving all the way back? One, it's far, yeah. and there's a there's a there's a, there's a common tale for my people here. The South Bay is like we don't leave the South Bay, bro. Yeah. Everything we need, if we're from Chula Vista, everything you need is in Chula Vista. Yeah. So if, if it's north of the eight. It's like, ni I got burritos here. I got the beers that I want here. I got my family here. It's like, why do I want to go anywhere else and do it? And and now as a business owner, I see the importance of going out and visiting other breweries and visiting yeah. other small businesses. But when you guys open, I was like, perfect. Yeah, This is in my backyard. If I can go, I can go. No, and the result was tremendous. We immediately started running out of beer, obviously, because we had a tiny little system. And then here I go. And I, I, I get invited to do a tasting at an art showing in Barrio Logan. So it was Milo who owns El Carrito and Por, mm-hmm. Vida, Por Vida and Ernie Becerra Salud. who owns Salud. And they're like, hey, we've got this, you know. So we I went to the tasting that was in some warehouse and I was like, whoa, there's like this whole like culture and underground and great scene. And all Latinos, all people of color just doing really cool things. And I'm like, I want to be part of this. I don't know what it is. Yo quiero. <laughs> yo quiero más. And the very next day, I get a call from Milo and he says, hey, we've got this space. Why don't you come on down and check it out? Maybe you can open a tasting room. And you got to remember, we opened November. This is kind of towards the beginning of December, I go down there. So this was within, within a month within of opening the Motai. a month. All and, right. And so they invited me down there and I went and checked out the space and it was sharing a space uh, with Ernie. And back then it was called the San Diego Taco San Company. San Diego Taco Company, hey. And I remember setting up and I wasn't sure, you know, there was no foot traffic. We're in the middle of, you know, we're close to downtown, but the people weren't going there. It's not a popular place to hang out necessarily. Back then. Back then. <laughs> And I smelled gentrification. Yeah. I smelled Ernie's 
cooking in the back because he had a catering business. He wasn't open. There was no Salud, no San Diego Taco Company. But that mesquite grilled carne asada back there. And I go, damn, that smells good. If I can combine that experience with craft beer, I think would be a success. And so I signed the lease at the end of December. Again, two months, two months after, after opening. <laughs> and we were kind of scared that maybe it would work, maybe it won't. Well, time out. How mm-hmm. long did it take for you to build the original Border X in Otay, what was the build out time? What did that look like? Oh, it wasn't bad at all. We did it while we were waiting, you know, for the license, for the license and everything. Okay. So, but we did our own poured concrete, you know, mm-hmm. beer top and DIY puppy. That we yeah, do everything. yeah. I see. Yes, I even used a lot of people don't know know this, but the the wood for the bar itself was off my back deck. It was like oh, old nice. redwood that I tore out <laughs> for a project. So it was like literally re- recycle and reuse. I mean, the uh, reason I ask you how long it took is like for us it took shit a little bit less than two years and i don't see how two months after opening i would be up to the answer the bell to go and do another project within two months man i know man. that's fucking crazy but hey awesome so what happened there so yeah so we we signed the lease end of december i remember it was like christmas day and i'm here i am signing a lease on another spot we only did six months though it was purely an experiment y pues que te digo I, I mean, it just blew up there. Ernie's Tacos, our beer, it was perfect combination. And we were packed and we were selling out. And so by the end of the six months, I still wasn't quite ready to jump to a new spot or do anything. I said, well, let's sign another lease, you know, to extend this. This is going so well. Um, but it got a little funky there. And it actually turned out for the best. It turned out that Ernie kept the space. He needed the kitchen. So, so you, know, you guys were located in the Salud. In, in what is now known as Salud Tacos. What, what is Salud Tacos, where people dine, it was my bar. Okay. And his part started where the wall is, where you order, mm-hmm. back. Back. Okay, okay, okay. And so we split that space, which actually was a brilliant idea. You know, collaborating. And uh, and yeah, within six months after our lease was over, I think it was around September timeframe, Orale, vámonos. And uh, so Ernie took over that entire space and we moved across the street and we were scared. We didn't know how the hell we were going to fill this place. We're not, I, I come from high tech. I don't have any experience running a hospitality business like a bar. Um, but, you know, we learned as we went. And one of the important things we learned, though, is how important the community is. Really, really important. Your customers, your community. And I adopted a mindset where I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a beautiful space, kind of generic in a way, but I'm going to ask the the community to fill it. And I'm talking about artwork. I'm talking about events. I'm talking about, I'm, estoy al servicio del pueblo. You know what I mean? You played, you played it well, man. You played it well. Cause especially in, in, in communities, our communities, you know, like, like Chula Vista, especificamente Barrio Logan. Those are communities well, we smell pretenders. Yes. We, we know when people are faking the funk and it's like, what's this guy doing here? All of a sudden you want to open a, a, a brewery here. All of a sudden yeah. you want to open a bar here. Why? What's yeah. your goal? What's your end game? What yeah. do you do? Are you from here? Yeah. Do you have family from here? Did you, were you raised here? Yeah. Like I, I, we got that here when we open and it's Chula Vista. Barrio Logan, I feel it's like to, to the 10th <laughs> power, bro. Like I feel it's like there, if, if you don't have family lineage, you legit, you you, you mm-hmm. get run through the ringer. Who you who oh. you with? What what what? You opening it up to the community and making the community invest time, effort, and their skills and bringing culture to your spot. You intertwined your vision with what was Barrio yeah. Logan then yeah. and what Barrio Logan is now. Yeah. So when I saw you do that, I was like, "This dude know what he's doing." I didn't know your background at that time. I just said, "Okay, but uh, Border X is jumping over to Barrio Logan." Yep. 
Let's see what happens. I mean, and then and then when they embrace you and you take it, it's like, all right, cool. He did it the right yeah. way. That's hard, man. It's hard. <laughs> but, you know, it's so funny. Sometimes you do the right things and you don't realize it. Yep. So because we were bootstrapping and I didn't have a huge construction budget, well, guess who was, you know, building out the, the first tasting room across the street? It was me. It was you, man. And it was funny, but I was vetted by everyone in that neighborhood. Like I, I couldn't get, I don't doubt it. <laughs> right? I couldn't get any work done because El Señor de la Esquina was coming over. Oye, ¿qué va a ser aquí? You know, what are you doing and who are you? And I'm like, I'm the owner. I'm here doing the work, sweating, dirty mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and everything. And uh, they respected that. Yep. And I think little by little, people saw that I wasn't just rolling in with bags of cash yeah. and making things happen, which would have been the wrong thing to do. Shit, you can ask 10 businesses that I know offhand that probably that did that yeah. thing. They went with yeah. that blueprint and shit, that yeah. blueprint failed and they left with that blueprint in hand. Totally. It doesn't work, man. It doesn't, doesn't work. work. Our people, we, we know when somebody's in it with, with like a, a genuine uh, approach and when those are just like, it's a cash grab. Yeah. And I don't know why people seem to think that this industry is a cash grab. It takes yeah. time, effort, money, resources to just to get up off the ground that why even do it the, I don't, like not cheating, but take the easier route. You're going to get called out. Yeah. You know, yeah. Bagger Logan, you're going to get called out. Totally. Tulevisa, you're going to get called out. National City, you're going to get called out. And, you know, it, it happened to some degree at the very beginning, but I think actions speak louder than words. And so when people started seeing, like, the first milestone was when we decorated the middle gallery with, like, local. We had Junko. Like, I wanted the history of Barrio Logan on the walls. And so we had Tommy, Tommy Camarillo. Oh, we nice. had Josie Talamantes. These are all, like, icons of the neighborhood. Chunky was on there. And it was funny. I think, I'm not sure if it was Tommy or Josie, but one of her cousins saw it, her aunts or whatever, and said, Tia, you know, they got your image up in this bar. And I remember she came in and she looked up at it and she's looking at it. And, and they thought it might have been like a bad, poor taste caricature, but it wasn't. It was just mm -hmm. this artist's style. And I think you've, you've seen the artwork. Yes, sir. And I talked to her afterwards and she felt respected. Good. And she felt like it was tastefully done. And she said she was cool with it. But there was some drama behind it, you know, initially. There's always, dr there's always <laughs> drama behind it, man. It's like no good deed goes unpunished, brother. Never. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the story. You know, we, we've been there now for like uh, nearly six years. Um, we opened up Bell just last year, 2019. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah. How's that industry? How that, I mean, how's the, the industry in that neck of the woods? Dude, it, it was going great within, so the opening day, I don't know if you heard about the drama we had opening day, no. but we had 2000 people show up, dude. We had a line. Sound like drama, jefe? Come on. No, when, I, when <laughs> drama, oh wait, it gets worse. <laughs> so we didn't know. So, so there were little, uh, surprises with the, uh, with our plumbing and other things that we oh. didn't realize because it's 2,000 people. So I'm dealing with all those things, trying to enjoy the moment. It was tremendous, though. It was you, tremendous. You, you know now not yet you can't enjoy the moment when you're in your own establishment, huh? No. Because your head's on a swivel. Yeah. You're always like, what's yeah. going on here? What's mm -hmm. going on there? Everyone's good here. It's hard to enjoy the moment when you're running the show. Well, you know what's interesting is um, one of the things I picked up in Barrio Logan and I'm trying to take everywhere else is there's this thing I call the vibe. What vibe are we putting out? 
right? What are people picking up? How do they feel when they walk in? And it's a very tenuous thing, but it has to do a lot with the artwork, the music, the attitude the bartender's giving you when you first walk in. It's going to put you in a good mood. It's going to put you in a medium mood. It's going to put you in a shitty mood. So we're always like when I'm in my bar, that's what I'm trying to pick up. And I don't even can't explain how I do it exactly, but it's a lot just watching your customers. And like when they first walk in, I love this and I've seen it a lot. Is people have never been to Border X walk in and they get this. Yeah. They start looking around and they yeah. see the artwork and aesthetics is everything, man. Aesthetics is everything. Well, you know, you know, yeah. we share an artist, right? Yeah, El, El Dave. El, El David. David. Hey. He he really helped us at the beginning because he did a beautiful piece yeah. uh in our our first tasting room there in Barrio Logan. We had to take it out, unfortunately. I put it on the ceiling. I, I was don't know on the ceiling. About that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love that one because people would walk in, they'd be like, ah, you know, there's some nice artwork. There's a bar, and then their their eyes would go upwards, and it's like, oh. well, Foch did everything in Barrio Logan, pretty much, man. Because yeah. I know he he did everything up in in, in Salud. And there's a man. Yeah. You have a cool block that you guys uh, operate within. It's a yeah. lot of artists, a lot of people, a lot of community, a lot of family. Um, that is awesome. Yeah, it's to been an a blessing. Is that we're trying to replicate that down here, but doing it like with our style. But still, even at that point, it's hard, man. It's not something you just like a light switch that you flip on and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there it is. Where was it? It's something yeah. that everybody on the block has to be on board with. Totally. Every, I mean, you can't have one company running this way to the right, one to the left, one going north, one going south. It's like everybody's got to hold on and take it in the same direction, you know? Yeah, and yeah, I man. feel that you guys in Barrio Logan have definitely done that. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I'm sure there's, there's, there's always dramas. There, there's sure. always like, you know, like uh, people, oh, well, this guy or that. There's always going to be that. But ultimately, I feel like the tide is going in the same direction yeah. with you guys. Here yeah. down here and, and on Third Avenue, I feel like we're all finally going in the same direction. And then COVID hit, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit of COVID because it, it, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to. COVID has affected some something that you do in your business, obviously in your personal life, and it'll affect everybody. But how is what did COVID do to you and your new establishment in Bell and here in, in Barrio Logan? Did it throw you a curveball or <sighs> curveball? No, it was a be- it was a bean right at my head, you know, <laughs> from the from the picture. I was gonna say, are those called beaners? Like when they like <laughs> no, throw my friend, it? we're called beaners. <laughs> <laughs> Nosotros somos los beaners. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, this is double meaning. But no, COVID hit us right in the center of the eyes, man. Put us in a concussion. It's just so we're our business model. Uh, very early on, was based off of large tasting rooms. Okay. You know, when I looked at all the possibilities of a brewery, said you could do a purely distribution business model, and it's got its challenges. Oh man, I feel like that's a that's a very difficult business model to succeed in. Super difficult. Mm-hmm. You really got to get to the volumes, or and you're fighting with it. everybody on that one. Totally. You're fighting for for shelf space. You're fighting for distribution. Uh, uh, you know, marketing, and then just visual visibility. Like you're fighting. Oh yeah, yeah. It's brutal, and uh, or have a large t- uh, tasting tap room, you know, cultivate your brand, cultivate your customers, really create an experience that they remember so that our thought was when they do go to a bar or a restaurant or, or a store and see us on the shelf, they're going to go, oh, I love that brewery. That's the beer I'm going to get. So we never wanted to do distribution initially. We did it afterwards. So that was brilliant all the way up till COVID. <laughs> and then COVID it prohibited us from doing what we do best, creating experiences. Creating ambiance. Creating ambiance, bringing people together and packing them. I mean, if you've yeah. been there for- Bro, your Thursday jazz, nights, your Thursday nights are banging. I mean, yeah. 
we, we, we tried to replicate something similar to that here. It, it, it didn't work to the extent that you guys do. We still did it with musica and stuff. Because for us, our credo is it's always been familia, cerveza, musica, fiesta. You know, it's like yeah. that's what we do. We, we're all about our family. Then it's obviously our business. Uh, we love music and we love to party, man. You put all those things in yes, the blender. So. And I feel like for us, that, that's what comes out, three-point gales. To, yeah. to a higher extent, the same thing with you guys. You know, yeah. like I remember going to Thursday nights and friends tell me, bro, Thursdays at Border X, they just have like a, a Latin jazz musicians that come in and, and then everybody just starts jamming and it turns into a party. The beers are flowing. Tacos are outside. Tacos are inside. It's like, it's an amazing time. Yeah. That is the exact thing that COVID fucking annihilated, man. Stopped dead in its tracks. Yeah. Just could not do it anymore. And I don't know when we're going to be able to do it again. I mean... I know that day will come. I'm not that pessimistic, but fuck. Do you think it'll come? Honestly. I I think it will. It has to I come. I think it will. Shit, man. I think, you know, the thing about human beings and we have tremendously smart people and all the energies and efforts of these large governments are going after this. We'll get therapies, which we are starting to get. So even if you get it, it's not going to knock you out. Um, the vaccine, hmm, that's hit or miss as far as I can see because there's the no side, vaccine. Would you take the vaccine once it's available? Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not I mean, too worried about it. The side effects, I think, are overblown, and there's no microchips in the vaccine. I'm <laughs> yeah, not about it. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more down to have a microchip installed. Right. right? You just put my phone on me, and it's always charging. It's like the music's in your head. Everything you need. You close one eye, you get you know ways. You know exactly where you're going, where you're driving. You close the other eye, you're downloading a video. I'm you're down. Going full, full cybernetics. <laughs> Yeah, man, you're, you're talking about distribution and talking about how COVID killed the ambiance of our industry, specifically yours and my business model. Yeah. I know what you did because we did the same thing and we, we, we helped each other. You know, yeah. you had things that I needed. I had things that you needed. Eventually, we weathered the initial chapter of this storm, which was like strictly pick up, strictly to go. Yeah. Then we transcended it into distribution where it's like, look, bro, everything you've done. I, I I know it's been DIY. Yeah, you know, do it yourself. Yep. Bootstrap, la la la, get it done. También con nosotros. So I, that, I that's mm. why I've always wanted to sit you down and talk and just kind of be like, we do a lot of things that are similar. I don't know if that's just because our culture or whatever. We, we we have a never say die mentality. Yeah, you know we we have one of those uh, one of those uh, um, we we don't get up. We don't give up. You yeah. know, where, where there's a will, there's a way we always go through it. And I always tell my kids, it's like, hey, man, you're Garcia. We don't quit. Yeah. So yeah, yesterday we went for a little bike ride. And then my middle son, El Jackie, uh, he's seven, six, perdón. And we was riding his bike. He's still on training wheels, almost off of him. And one of his training wheels fell. And he's like, I can't, daddy. I, I know I'm a Garcia, but I can't. I can't do this. I said, vámonos. Si and he, he did it. But then we <laughs> we did a divert to my parents' house. My mom was working breakfast. So I left him there. And, it, and it's a wrap. I learned a lot from my kids from doing that, man. It's yeah. like here, it's very easy for you or myself and our operations to just say, you know what, bro? It's just, there's, there's too many obstacles. Yeah. You know, the, the pandemic has created a, a situation where I'm going to have to do 17 things in order to just kind of get back to what we were doing on a regular yeah. basis. You know, it could have yeah. been very easy for you or me to throw in the towel. Yeah. Uh, there's other businesses that I know did throw in the towel, whether they wanted to or they just couldn't do it. At any point during this whole ordeal yeah. where you faced with that decision, like, fuck, hasta aquí ya no puedo. Or like, were you ever in a position where you were just going to say, fuck it, man, this is too much? You know, that's a great point. Um, I like to say that COVID has made me work twice as hard mm -hmm. for half as much. Yes, sir. 
That is an insane equation. I mean, I haven't worked. So my wife and I, when we were doing the deliveries, and I know you did the same thing, yes, we drove the delivery vans. We went all over San Diego County, and yes, I even sir. went up to L.A., did the same thing, delivering beer, just keeping the business yeah. alive, uh, using If not you, who, man? It's got to be us. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's a very Mexican or Latino thing to, like, blood, sweat, and tears. Hmm? We know that game. And to one extent, and this is a real interesting thing I'd love to hear from your listeners, is, is there something about us from a cultural perspective? And it's a blessing and it's a curse, right? It's a blessing in the sense that we work our asses off. We get shit done. We don't give up. The hustle is real. I mean, and no doubt. At the same time, I also feel like, and I look at other breweries and I'm not calling them out. I think they've done a great job, but modern times started with three or $4 million dollars. And they've, they're doing great. So, and I looked into it and that was three or $4 million from their dad and their brother. And God bless them. Thank, thankfully they can get that kind Takes of money. Takes all kind. Yeah. But it's kind of like, why don't we do that? And I know, well, we don't have parents usually that can, or, or familiares who have that kind of cash, but you know, we don't put business plans and I am talking generally. I'll realize that, <laughs> but in general, we do not put business plans together. We don't get groups of investors who are willing to drop, you know, half a million, a million bucks. And so, vamos con lo que hay, hacemos. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. That's a it's a curse. And I'm really trying to challenge myself as we go through this COVID situation around how do I get more aggressive? How do I think about my business model? How do I think about my business plan? How do I put that together? How do I go start pitching? You know, because we do intend to keep growing. We do want eventually at least six more tasting rooms. El vato. Look at you, bro. And that actually brings me to my, one of the announcements I want to make is that we are now in the licensing process for the Mujeres Brew House, which was our takeover of the old Alta Brewing facility there at Bread and Salt in Barrio Logan. I never went to Alta Brewing. Yeah, it's a small place. Okay, okay. But it has a great parking lot that is perfect for a beer garden. Two felicidades. Um, so, you know, Estela, she's she's yes. she's a friend of all of ours. You yes. know, she's 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 one of the uh, one of the, the 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 Mexican figures that we can all like look to. And she, we were talking earlier. She was like, "Hey, man, announce it." And I was like, "It's not." I said, "I'm not going to announce your news, bro." I said, <laughs> "After you announce it at the end on your podcast, yeah." Come on in and we'll talk about it. I said, I'm having David come in. He's, he's going to chat it up. Um, but that is awesome, bro. Yeah. I mean, that is awesome. Yeah. One for you, you yeah. know, continually growing your brand. Border yeah. X, you know, Border X is going to continue to go. Started in Otay. Now you're in Barrio. Now you're in Bell. Now you're going to have a second location here. In Barrio también. It's like, that is not easy to do. No. You don't have that, uh, like you said, the modern times uh, trust fund nut to start with. You know, yeah. it's like this is all you've scratched, clawed, and made it happen with what you've done. Yeah, you know, it's like I don't know. I know a little bit about your background. I I know that you come from um, uh, what is it called, technology. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you and I, you you were just talking about what is it about our culture and da da da. I can speak to that on my end. Yeah, let me, it, my, tell me. My, on my end, it's always been like you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's not something you can do. That's not for you. Leave that for them. Leave that for this. Like for me, it's it's, it's always been like negativity first, and then it's like, all right, cool. The, these are the obstacles. The, these are the things that I'm going to have to swim around, gum around, jump around, and move through them. All right, cool. Boom, 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 and then you get through it. It's always been that. Um, I always call it. It's like 
born on third and you act like you hit a triple. And and, and to me, that, that 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 quote has always meant a lot for <laughs> like what you're talking quote. about. It's like, oh, man, the hustle, the struggle, the this and that is like, homie. You were born on third base. You know, there's other companies here in the in in the city. There's other there's yeah. other breweries. There's other yeah businesses in this industry that they had to hustle, man. They had to like hit the ball coming in. You know, take some pitches and they swung. They hit. Oh shit! And then they got to run. They they put everything on the line to get to where you started. Yeah. You know, and and, yeah. and I feel like for us, for me, and I have some experience with people that are born on third and act like I hit the, hit a triple. I don't quit, bro. No. I'm, I'm never gonna no. stop like and i tell i tell my partner kevin is like bro with me just know i'm not this is for me i'm my name is on this yeah. i ain't gonna stop doing this yeah like i'm gonna take this to the fucking end if this is a, if this is ever a sinking ship i'm going down with the ship i'm the yeah. band on the titanic playing the song at the end yeah that's me and i feel that's our culture whether it's called machismo whether it's being yeah. fucking stubborn whether it's like i'll show you mentality yeah I, I feel like it's all of that whether it's from our family our parents our friends everybody telling you no wait that's not a smart move that's not this i remember my parents um when they were young when they were much younger than i was before i was even born so in their early 20s they had an opportunity to purchase their home and that you know back in the day that was probably even more ridiculously hard if it's hard now for a young mexican first generation family moving here purchasing their own home it must have been ridiculously difficult and i remember my mom telling me that you know what we were on board your dad and me but your dad's mom um my nana r.i.p she was like don't do it this is not the smart move hmm. you, you don't want to do that and yeah. that and now knowing the family that i have always tell me fuck it do it is that what you want to do do you have do you know what you're doing we got yeah. your back yeah let's do it yeah. for me to hear like they caught uh obstacles from within the circle that blew my fucking mind. I was like, why? When that, like, that's my dad, my dad's mom. I, you would think that she would be like, mijo, okay, dale gas. No tenemos mucho, pero lo que tenemos aquí te vamos a ayudar. Yeah. You know? And, and I guess that wasn't the case. So we got that hustle in us, bro. It, we we, we got to knock down walls. I mean, we don't have that born on third base money. You know, I, I, I know oh. I don't. I don't know. You, you have built oh. it, but it's like, there is no safety net. Oh. Everything we do is like fuck it, balls to the wall. This works. This is what people like. Do it. This has always yeah. worked for me in barbecues, family functions, parties, upbringings. It's gotten work here. Why? Because you're in Chula Vista. The demographic is me. Yeah. In Barrio Logan, the demographic is you. Yeah. You know. So this is the shit that has to work. Yeah. COVID. Fuck it. That's just another it's obstacle, bro. Yeah. It's, capítulo, no? yeah, it's, it's just, just another chapter. chapter. It's like, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to are you gonna succumb to what it is? Obviously, we've never experienced a pandemic before. But for us, it's like, fuck it. This is what it's going to take. Delivery. Pick up to go. Let's start canning four packs. Let's start delivering oh. crawlers. Let's buy a delivery van. Uh, you and so, me, let's go. I take my kids with me. Yeah. Apply for those loans. Apply for those grants. This is just another chapter. And you're writing it as you go every day. Okay. And then that day I applied for that. Then I got this funding. Now I'm making this move. Now Bro, you, I remember you telling me about the funding. Yeah. I remember because you were like, Where did how did you get it? Where did you get it? Who did you go to? And I was like, yeah. Bro, I got lucky with this, that, and the other. My mom is in small business lending, government lending all her life. So she Bro, an SBA loan is the most difficult thing to do. Yeah. I like it's the very difficult process to get everything. In order, everyone vetted, and then ultimately, it was like an eight-month process yeah. for us to get that loan and to pay our contractors and ultimately open the doors. Yeah. And I wouldn't have been able to do it unless my mom was involved. And yeah. she had the history, the knowledge, the experience. So yeah. these are things 
that ah, and I hate doing that, but I, these are things that like white people already have. Yes. Like you know, that, that that network, that blueprint, everything they have that built into their process. Yeah. For us, it takes a fucking Doug Flutie, Hail Mary, and Notre Dame to catch it, to land in the end zone, and to make it happen. Hell yeah! That's why there's only two Mexican-owned breweries <laughs> in San Diego, man. That's right. That's right. A lot of stars have to align to make our shit happen. You know, it was, uh, the PPP, the same thing. Then I got the EIDL. I finally got that. And the only way I got it, because I was like in this endless loop with the SBA, is I attended Stanford during this break to- Hold up, hold up, hold up. Do it again? Yeah. Say so, it again. So, soy sadomasochist. Uh-huh. I love to just like grind hard. And I said, you know what? This is a great time to fucking back get to school. my- <laughs> Yeah, this is a great time to go back to school. But it's actually a really great program. It's called the Stanford Latino Business Action Network. And the whole objective behind that is to train and help and connect Latino businesses um, over a million dollars that are trying to scale and expand. And so they put us together with the best professors at you know Stanford Business School. But one of the things, one of the speakers was the, I think she was like California director of SBA or something. And so I'm just man. like, please help me out. And 24 hours later, everything got straightened out. And man, that is like meeting access. Fucking, yeah, yeah. That's she's the key to the city right there, man. Mm-hmm. You having access to her was like a, a godsend. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking awesome. Look and so no, me salvó el trasero. The fact is, you know, and I don't, I don't know if you can speak to this, but there have been, I have a very destiny kind of approach to why I do what I do is, you know, I left HP, great job, great career. And the, the calculation was, is, ¿Quién más lo va a hacer? Yeah. You know, I feel like life has prepared me for this moment, has given me the things that I need in order to do this. And if I were to like turn my back on that and say, nope, I'm going to go do the safe thing and stay in high tech and, you know, build up my 401k. Lucrative career. Yeah. You know? And then just, you know, retire it. I don't know, whatever, 55, 65. That's a meaningless life to me, you know? And I was like, no. That's a goal to many. It's a goal to many, but it really comes back to, look, it's not acknowledging your mortality. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die some point, hopefully a long time from now. And I want to make sure that every year that I live, that I'm actually, and every day that I live, as I'm doing something that's meaningful to me, purpose, meaningful to my community, meaningful in a whole bunch of different directions, and uh, and doing Border X has always felt meaningful. And I, you know, I don't know exactly where all this will end. I had no expectations when we opened up the first one. And then kind of destiny revealed itself and I went to Barrio Logan and then destiny re- revealed itself. And now I'm going to LA and now I'm picking up Mujeres and every decision cool, I made. Up mujeres? Well, but the shit always felt right and you can't fight with right, you know, and I could be really conservative and just say, you know what? Yeah, ni modo. I've put in my own personal savings. I've tapped now into my 401k. You have a 401k? Yeah, still. Mine mine fucking died. (laughs) Really? With everything? No, here. Put it in three punkeos, ate it all. Oh, so you're you're not joking. Balls to the wall. This is going to be it, Yeah, like I tapped into my parents. said, hey, this is the vision. I had, uh, this is what I'm putting into the game. Salud, cabron. That's the kind of courage that we have to have, man, because there's nowhere else. Fuck courage. That's the only way it was getting done. Exactly. You know, you have to tap into every resource, every opportunity, every Everybody yeah. was willing to give you this, and I and I have a little group of of, of investors. You know, they, they didn't put in. They put in ten thousand, and I said, okay, I'll make it work with this. You yeah, know, and yeah. I said, let's let's take it from here and let's keep steamrolling. And it's a game, 
Yeah. And I love games. Yeah. I, I, I love watching, okay, how do you play this game? Oh, yeah. is that how you play the game? What What can I do? What are the rules to this game? Yes. All right, fuck it. I got the rules. I know the game. I'm going to master this game. I see. And, yes. and then you're going to hate me. And I think that's that I'm, <laughs> I'm learning the, okay, how do I play this game still? I mean, yeah. three, three punk, three punk KOs were only, I say only, fuck, we're three years old now, bro. Yeah. You know, and, and it just seems like three years came and went. Yeah. And we've had a... I, I feel when we opened our brewery, and I'm pretty sure you you will, and any brewery owner can attest to this, every wrench was thrown at you when you were opening your brewery, mm-hmm. whether it was the build that as it relates to plumbing, structure, licensing, uh, uh, your, your building being flirted with uh, being designated a historical site, which would have fucked everything up, um, loans, who who is involved in it, you know, everything was a hassle. Yeah. Nothing was easy. No. And then my, my dad's words are always there. It's like, mijos, pues, si fuera fácil, todo lo hacen. And I'm like, yeah. I get it, but fuck, why does it have to be so hard? Why does why does every pitfall have to be there? Yeah. Why do I get two steps and then, oh, you're going to have to fucking jump 20 feet to make this work. Oh, you're going to yeah. have to pivot to the left and make sure, oh, yeah. don't get too yeah. comfortable because you're going to have to, yeah. pelote, bro. I would never do it again, but I'm happy I fucking did it. Right. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting question you just raised. Would I? I'm happy I did it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. change anything mm-hmm. up to this moment. Um, is it the easiest life I could have picked for myself? Fuck no. This is way harder than anyone could ever expect. You know. Um, but I I don't feel like I have a choice. I, I think you're in the same boat. You're all in. Yeah, I'm all in. And I mean, if I have to do, liquidate the remainder of my 401k to do this. I feel like I cheated because I still stayed at UPS, you know? No, no. Yeah, I think that was a smart <laughs> right, Well, I had to. I have too many mouths to feed. I had mm-hmm. kids and insurance and benefits. I was like, I, gotta, I have to do that. But aside from that, it's like, you're in, bro. This, yeah. is, this is your fucking business. When yeah. people say Border X, me, I think of you. Yeah. You know, I think, and Carlos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think of both of you. Yeah, I think of Carlos the bartender. <laughs> and, 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 but that's it. It's like, all right, Border yeah. X, all right, boom, there he is. Yeah, that, that that's David. That's his gig. That's, yeah. This is his company. Yeah. If I see somebody like like saying, "Oh, Borderlands is going to do that," be like, "Hey, yo, David, this is what these motherfuckers are saying." Yeah, what do you think? Yeah. You know, but fortunately, yeah. nobody ever says something like that. But I feel like I would have that responsibility when somebody says some shit about a friend's company, a friend's business. I'm like, bro, like like Matt. People are saying this about the Manhattan. What? Why? What do you think? Mm-hmm. What's going on? It's crazy, man. We gotta we gotta get each other's backs. I guess is I, the, is, is what I'm trying to get at. I hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. I hundred percent agree. I actually last week I had a meeting kickoff with the other four Latino breweries in LA, and I'm thinking we might want to make it a bigger group, including yourself. It's Feathered Serpent, it's Brujeria, it's Pacific Plate, and it's me mm-hmm. so far. Four. I think there's a fifth one that we identified. They're still being identified. Part of it. You guys are looking through the <laughs> through the guilds. Mexican last name. Okay, yes, let's put exactly. him on the list. I better Garcia. Okay, let's give him a call. Let's see what's going on. You call him. He's like, it's pronounced Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we want to bring in like-minded people. I mean, in LA, dude, we are suffering, man. Uh, LA County is the only county in California that won't allow straight up breweries to open up their own beer garden. So luckily you're a straight up brewery, just like our one up in LA, you have no restaurant on site, but luckily you can do a beer garden. Yep. Right. We can't even do that. Nope. So a little background on that. Uh, here in San Diego, we had to, uh, in order for us to remain open, we had to have a food component. Initially, the first, uh, the first rule that they put forth is your brewery has already have food uh, on premise 
they quickly realized that out of the 175 breweries that are operational, that maybe 10 actually have food on premise. So they quickly backtracked and said, okay, you can subcontract or link up with a food truck or a con or a, what's it called? The catering service yeah. and initiate an agreement an arrangement. Well, they'll be there. If you have that food component and you sell a beer and on that same bill of sale, you have a food item at that point, you can remain open. Yeah. San Diego has that. Well, it's further than it. Every county in California has that. Everybody. Every county. Every fucking county. Yucca Valley. Everything, bro. Todos. Except for Los Angeles. For yep. some reason, Los Angeles decided you so. Nah. What, what's the name of the uh, you're, you're the mayor in over there? Is Emma? I want to say it's Garcetti. But Garcetti, I, yes. Yeah. Sama Garcetti. And, and Garcetti, for some reason, yeah. whether it's political and he wants to be the last last mayor standing, holding a, he has to this day said no. Yeah. Unless you have a restaurant built into your establishment, you are not allowed to open and function. So as it stands right now, there are no breweries in Los, in Los Angeles yeah. that are able to operate freely. Yeah. Or handcuffed freely. Yeah. As we are now. That's fucking crazy, man. It's insane, dude. And, you know, up in LA, we've got the largest capacity tasting room in our system. It's about 235 people we can Oof. fit inside comfortably. And then we just licensed the patio or, or the, I'm sorry, the, we have like a mezzanine uh -huh. for private parties that can fit like 50 people. And then we can stay open later. So everything that's like was- two, That's like two families. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> two Mexican families. <laughs> And then we got the permission to stay open to like 12 or 1 o'clock, nice, you know, which nice. was insane. That's LA, crazy, yeah. That's one of the things I learned about L.A. If you ever go up there, people come out much later. San Diego, it's like, it's okay to close at 11. Yeah. In L.A., they're rolling in at 10, 10.30. They're like, what the hell? What Why are you, you closing mean down? You're closed? Yeah, it's early. So, yeah, if you move out there, that's one of the things I'd recommend. Try to get if it late. Oh, if I move out there personally or for well, the business? No, no, no. Okay, another I don't know if you saw my, my Chula Vista <laughs> tattoo on my arm in San Diego on my back. I would be a target if I moved to Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tip my cap to you, man. Moving your your your, your brand, your brewery, your business to Los Angeles, that's, that's a big step. Huge. One, one, logistically. Yeah. How do you handle that? How, how do you fund the brewery with 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 beer with capital how often are you up there do you have somebody that is your direct contact that you hired strictly to maintain the bell location yeah, I'm yeah taking notes can you no. i'm taking notes yeah well you know we went to la on purpose mm. we could have opened up in escondido where i grew up i have roots and i have family and support i could have opened up uh you know oceanside carlsbad something like that but why everybody else is there yeah it's exactly like it's so saturated so you know we said you know what we want to do two things we want to prove number one that the border x experience is transportable to an entirely new community that's yeah. never really been exposed that's awesome and it that's, is that's what we call a, a dick swing Oh, proceed, <laughs> proceed. <laughs> and the second thing is, and I say this sincerely, and I know there's probably some listeners that are going to say, ah, oh, it's gentrification, whatnot. But I sincerely believe that every barrio deserves its own brewery. <laughs> and it's not gentrification. It's about having a third place where you can find your friends, where you can come together to have meetings about whatever it is that you're meeting on, uh, fundraisers, just being a community asset. I think we've kind of gotten twisted with the whole, well, breweries just mean white people, gentrification, blah, blah, blah. But if you go to our brewery in LA, you will find 95% Latinos just chilling, 
playing games, having a beer, having a good time. Why? Because they don't want to go to a bar. They don't want to go to a lounge or a nightclub. That's not us. Yeah. They just want to go to a place where, because sometimes we we live in smaller homes, Mm -hmm. especially in dense areas Mm -hmm. like LA. You don't have a very big living room. So we become, and someone said this about our Barrio Logan location. You said, they said, you're the living room of Logan Avenue. It's awesome. We all live in like studio apartments. Why are we going to stay cooped up in one of those? We come down to Border X. And we hang out there because this is our living room. And uh, I think that's what Bell has proven to do. And I think there are a lot of Latino communities that deserve, you know, to be served right. Because pues si. I don't think that exists. It's a it's a neglected demographic. Yeah. We, we're often overlooked, you know, and, and I hate always like bringing it back to me. But everything you're saying is fucking ringing true mm-hmm. to what we did. It's like, yo, Steve, why are you opening to La Vista, bro? Yeah. It's like, why not go to North Park? Why not go to North County? That's where all of them are. It's like, that's why. Yeah. It's like, that's where all of them are. I'm not from that area. He's like, I'm from that's Chula Vista. Right. Like, yeah. that's this is where I'm from. This is where I was raised. I'm tired of driving to North Park to have a beer. And you know what? North Park from Chula Vista is 10 minutes. It yeah. takes me longer for here from downtown Chula Vista to get to Eastlake yeah. than it would be to get to North Park. So that, yeah. that it, it was just a matter of principles. Like, why? My hood deserves something like this. My my yeah. hood has, you know, and yeah. fortunately, everybody on the block, we were all on board. Like Tony next door, Barcy Nobody's a homie. And now it's Tim from uh, Chula Vista Brew. He's a homie. I've had him on the ep- on the show before. You know, it's like, and down at, on Broadway, El Compita, El Mad from the Manhattan. And then we both linked up and bought the Elwood on Broadway. So it's like, I feel like all within two years, well, even if you go a little bit further back with Los Compitas and Machete, you know, like they 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 kind of paved the way for all of us down here, yeah. you know? And I feel it's like, that's where it started. And I was like, fuck, I mean, nothing against North County, nothing against the East no. County, no. but it's like, this is for us. You know, it's like, I can only speak for myself. It's like, I don't want to go to North County and have beers. I don't no. want to go to an industrial park, bro, yeah. and and go in there and it's just be in a concrete jungle and just be drinking beer and be like, all right, cool. Well, let's leave this uh, industrial park and head back on the freeway and ho- go home. Like it just, it was so bland. It was so, so, yeah. so fucking just eh, meh, mm-hmm. you know? And, and mm-hmm. I said, when if I ever do anything, I'm going to do it in Chula Vista. I don't care who says what or why. That's where I'm from. We deserve this here. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and fortunately, other breweries, other bars, other friends that have businesses felt the same way. And here we are, bro. Yeah. You know, now, I always, I don't always say this, but I've said this a couple of times. I've had other brewery owners tell me, bro, don't do it. Like, don't, that, that, that's a death sentence. And they've since been out of business. Yeah. You know, they've since gone out of business. And I'm like, I'm going to do it because I, I know there's a need there. And it's like, I'm, I'm not super intelligent. I'm not intelligent, but I'm not ignorant. Yeah. Like I did my research and it's like, what works in the South Bay? What works in Chula Vista is like, we work in Chula Vista. You know, it's like, we're minorities, black, Asian, Mexicans. Yeah. We are all down, white people. It's a fucking cornucopia of races down here, bro. Yeah. You know, it's not like one race, like dominant. It's like, there's a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, like, where are you from? And you, and you South, people say South Bay. It's like, all right, cool. It's, it, I feel like it's a blanket statement and it covers everything. It's like, all right. <laughs> oh, South Bay, caguamas and burritos. I know what you guys are about type of deal. You know, it's like, all oh, you guys are the same. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Filipino, or Mexican. There's yeah. like a blanket statement. You say you're from Chula Vista. You say you're from South Bay. It is what it is. Yeah. And I like that because mm-hmm. that's that's what we are down here. And and I don't, <laughs> and when those people told me, hey, don't open down there, bro. That's a death sentence. Because yeah. our brewery, Three Punk, we started in, in Santee. 
Oh that, my was, God. that was the first opportunity that we got to sublease. We were one of the first breweries in California that uh, that gave us opportunity to do a, I forget the term of it now, but basically we subleased their equipment. We worked out of it twice a month to brew there. Like an alternating proprietorship. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were one of the first breweries to have an alternating proprietorship in, in, uh, in California. Wow. Yeah, so we went in there. We worked with a company called Butcher's Brewing, which later went on to be named Finest Made Ales, which later went on to be Defunct. And it turns out that place was cursed or something because there's been like three or four breweries that have gone in there. Uh, Twisted Manzanita, uh, Butcher's, uh, Finest Made. Oh, the last was Council. So wow. it's like all of those breweries went into... That's the one they picked Canico. up and it kind of sunk them. That, that location specifically yeah. is the one that just, boom. I don't know if it was like the Amityville Horror House or some shit, but that location just sunk every business that was there. So we're fortunate and grateful that they gave us the opportunity to go in there and kind of like work out recipes, take our home brewing um, game and elevate it to a professional level in there. But I didn't see my brewery in, in Santee, bro. Yeah. I'm not Santee. I mean, that, that's faking the funk. That's I'm not from East County. Yeah. You know, my partner, he is. And that's why he was gung-ho and this, that, and the other. And I said, like, dude, I'm here. Let's do this. What can we learn from this experience? What can we take from this experience? We learned how to get in and get out. We learned what we learned. And we said, okay, this, obviously, our model is going to work. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go somewhere else. Came to Chula Vista, don't do it there. It's going to fail. It's going to fail. Those same motherfuckers that told me it's going to fail are always asking me now, hey, man, what's up in Chula Vista? Is there a spot anywhere on 3rd Avenue? Is there anything near your brewery? And I'm like, bro, you're about three years too late. I was like, there's (laughs) nothing down here now. I was like, everybody who's down here is from down here. And they all rolled the dice and took a chance to open up and put money into their community. Yeah. Why did I open in Chula Vista? That's why, man. I took a chance in our hood because I knew it's not a chance. It's not a risk. It was, I knew this, like the community has our back. COVID, pandemic. Right. Yeah. right now, the community still has our fucking back. Yeah. We have theirs. Everything we do, we do for them. And everything they do, they come and support us. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing. And I think you did something that was really smart. I always admired before I met you, like what the moves you were making to differentiate yourself, have a brand that meant something, connecting with your community. I mean, uh, I think those are critical things, especially now. When, you know, the chips are down and we've got to fucking get through this thing. It's a business now, bro. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Now more than ever, it's cutthroat. I was talking to um, Craig Elson. He's a local uh, radio personality. He does a, a lot of sports talk radio. He's a play-by-play announcer for hockey, for soccer, once upon a time for the Padres. And his industry is very much like ours. It's very cutthroat, yeah. you know, but they're, they're just more blatant in your face about it. I feel like here in our industry, it's a little bit more sneaky, you yeah. know, and it comes, it comes behind a veil. It's a little hidden like they, 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 they dan la mano, but like the other one, you got to keep an eye on that other hand. What's that other hand doing? You know, mm-hmm. I don't like that. I, I feel like it's hard enough to operate a business. It's like, why can't we just like fucking support each other? Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. It's, it's crazy, David. It's crazy. I think we, I think we sidelined from what we were talking about, yeah. but not really. No, because I feel like this is the thread. This is the fiber of the fabric of us opening a business. Yeah, you know, here in San Diego. Yeah, and you know, I think there are two types of breweries. There are ones that are generic, mm. have a generic name, have a generic purpose, and are just trying to attract anyone who's physically nearby. Yeah, and then there are breweries that recognize their communities, that reflect their communities. You know, one of the things I tell people is, I didn't create Border X Barrio Logan. I'm just holding up a mirror back to the people of Barrio Logan, what Barrio Logan yep, is that's about. Perfect. That's fucking perfect. Right? Yeah. And so people come in and they're just like, damn. This is me. This is me. And you know, it's funny. Let me tell you something. Um, 
our Facebook reviews, I think we're up to like 600 or something, are perfect freaking fives. Nice. It's insane. Nice. That's hard. It's hard. <laughs> but you know what's going on is uh, we're not perfect. I'd be the first one to admit there's so many other repairs and things and we could be so much better. I'm always... Because you're the uh, owner, bro. Yeah. Because well, you're, you're always continuous improvement. But I think what people are saying, and this is really important, I think goes back to your issue is they're saying, I love what you're doing. You're standing up for me and my community and you're serving me in ways that make me feel comfortable and welcomed. And I'm going to give you a five, even though maybe we're not perfect in every execution, but this is their way of just kind of saying, I got your back. Yeah. And I celebrate what you're doing and I got you. And I got you. And I think that's super, super important. And I think COVID is going to filter out the the breweries that are generic and don't have much purpose or connection. It's in in the process already, David. It's already happening. There's a few breweries that are like, oh, yeah. And those that have cultivated a really an important objective, an important purpose, an important, you know, kind of support community. And I think you definitely have. I've always recognized that, that you're making very strong choices about what three punk ale stands for and what it doesn't stand for. And people resonate with that. They're like, oh, I get you. I want to be part of that. It's a tricky game, man. It's a a trapeze act on occasions. You know, it's like if you take this mo, if you take this stance. You're going to piss off that demographic. If yes. I take this stance, the other demographics. And I mean, the perfect example was uh, the George Floyd situation, yeah. the Black Lives Matter situation, you know? And it's like, there's people that are 100% behind Black Lives Matter and there's people that are 100% against it and want to knock it down. And it's like, you don't want to get too political, but ultimately it, it's it's humanity. It's yeah. like, what, 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 what do you stand up for? Yeah. Like, what are you about? Is it just money? Is it just like this that, and the other? It's like- now, man, it's like I'm. We are that demographic. Yeah, we, we, you know, fortunately, knock on wood, myself and my kids, you know, we haven't had to endure those types of situations because we're in Chula Vista, we're a bubble. I was talking to Tim, Tim Parker, uh, um, operator owner of uh, Chula Vista Brewing, and we're like, bro, I'm from Ch- I'm from Chicago. You know, <laughs> Chicago is is light years away from where we are here in Chula Vista. He's mm-hmm. like, here, my kids can run around, be free, and not worry about shit. We have a very good relationship with the, you know, with first responders, with uh, with law enforcement officers, you know, and it's true, you yeah. know, what what happens here in Chula Vista is not the same that's happening outside of Chula Vista, yeah. for better or for worse, you know. So we're privileged, we're fortunate yeah. here in Chula Vista. We're a very we're a very fucking tight knit community. Yeah, we know we 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 recognize what's right, we recognize what's wrong. The fakers for the the pretenders, we know what's going on. And, and on that same token, it's like there's a there's a mutual respect for everybody until you lose that respect for them. Yeah, somebody's got to do some shit, and then you're like, we let a lot of things slide. We're on board with a lot of things, but you cross the line. Yeah, and, and I feel like we're in a bubble. The brewery industry down here, I feel we're in the bubble mm-hmm. here in Chula Vista. A lot of the things that affect the San Diego brewing industry, the the the, the major issues that are affecting everyone else, they don't touch us. Mm-hmm. It's not something that either we're a few years behind and we haven't caught up to what's going on, or it's just something that it's not, it's not us, you know, yeah. there's less drama down here as it relates to beer. It's yeah. like, oh, you're making this beer. Cool. Boom. You release it. You sell it. Oh, you're having, you're having this DJ or you're having this band play your brewery. Oh, you're having this food truck. Yeah. Boom. You do it. It's done. Yeah. There's no politics as it relates to everything else. Yeah. That being said, I know it's not like that anywhere else. Yeah. So it's like, oh, in Barrio Logan. Barrio Logan is a special case. Yeah. You know, Barrio Logan, man, congratulations again for getting in there, making it work and having the community embrace you. Gentrification is one thing that's been um, 
a common issue when I hear when I hear Barrio Logan. I like the next topic is usually, oh, it's getting gentrified or it's getting this. How have you weathered that fucking storm? Oh, how ha, how many uh have people come up to you and 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 ask you to vouch for them? Because I've heard this before. It's like, hey man, you're 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 very well in this community. You you're, you're built into this community. Vouch for me. Say something about my business coming up. That way, yeah. like you know, people will accept me. Well, I mean, that's how we were accepted. I mean, Milo and Ernie were behind us at the at the beginning, and that's that went a long, long way to get us accepted. And yeah, gentrification is is a really tough topic. It's not simple. Um, it's not clear cut. It's not clear cut. Uh, we like to use a term called gentrification, and for a while there, I was contemplating taking a more proactive role and writing some articles, maybe doing some speaking engagements around what is the difference between gentrification and gentrification, right? Um, one, as an example, is gentrification is when businesses open up in your community that don't serve your community. They're waiting for the next wave to come in to serve. They're not building for you. No, they're not building for you. You know, so if you go into Barrio Logan and you're selling $1,000 vintage Tiffany lamps. It ain't for us. It ain't for you. Yeah, it's for the next <laughs> wave that's coming in. And so we were always cognizant of why, you know, and gent gentrification is, are you serving the community that's there now? Mm -hmm. And I'd say absolutely we are. And so there's like a whole list of checkpoints where what's the difference? What's the difference? And, um, I told you I was contemplating taking a more proactive role. Like I love, I love writing. I love public engagement. I'm all about public policy. Um, but no, it's like I was telling you early, no good deed goes unpunished. So no matter what position you take, it always seems that there's a whole group that wants to come after you for whatever purpose. So I'm like, you know what, we're going to do the best we can. And with the decisions that we face every day to support and love our community and, 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 and be there for them. Um, and I'll leave it at that, you know, evaluate my actions, you yeah. know, judge me on my, mm -hmm. how I'm acting and the things that I'm doing. And so we've always been a home to all the local, you know, fundraisers, uh, people over profits has been meeting in our place now for three, four years, you know, uh, the, and we've been supporting the Latino musicians and the Latino jazz. We, I mean, we did Chicano con, which is all about That's supporting. Awesome. Yeah. So it was, was all awesome. about supporting. You know, John Leguizamo, bro. John Leguizamo, Guillermo del Toro, the el director. El Benito, el ben, Benny Blanco from oh, the Bronx. God, <laughs> and, you know, he keeps doing more movies and yeah. like he's so active. I mean, yeah. and he was so chill when was he, he came down. Oh, my God. We had a line I tried of to go. My yeah. miss. Shit. <laughs> and he was only supposed to spend five minutes with people and he'd grab them and sit down at the booth. They were like 10 minutes. You know, we got a line of like. 50 people, but he was being genuine. He was like listening to them, reminiscing with That's, them. That is awesome. So yeah, I've never seen someone, you know, that caliber, like being that willing to give of himself. And he definitely did. But like I said, those the Mujeres Brew House. It's all about how do we give a whole demographic of Latinas a voice in the craft beer community? It's like, wow. I mean, uh, what was it? Beth Demon, the, the writer for um, the West Coaster and a couple other magazines, she did an article where she was trying to find breweries owned by females, not wives of the husband, but female owned, female managed, female executed. And I don't believe she found one. I don't think there are any. So creating that's, a that's space crazy. for females, 
not just females because we don't discriminate on sex, of course, you know that. <laughs> and, but mostly females and mostly Latinas, but other people of color as well, really digging into their palate, into their history, into what the hell do they want to drink? You know, because right now our tastes are guided by a bunch of guys. Yeah. Honestly, let's be honest with ourselves. I want to give a space to females, Latinas, people of color to create their own brews. And more importantly, not just creating, because that's what Peak Boat Society is about, is they brew their own beers, but having a space that they can call their own, they can have their meetings, they can do their things, and, and no judgment. I mean, it's I'm really interested. I'm trying to stay hands off. I'm saying, okay, go at it, ladies. See what you come up with. So you are just taking a backseat to the driving force, which I'm assuming is Estela. And Estella who, and who, Carmen, Carmen, my wife. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, so those, those are the two, two are driving the, forces behind mm-hmm. the brand of Mujeres. Yeah. But they, they wow, Stella is a force of nature and, you know, Carmen is kind of in the same vein. She's just really outspoken, really has a vision, wants to execute it. And I feel, so dude, I was signing a lease on another property in the middle of COVID. How insane Fucking is that? Guy. But I'm like, I, I've seen these women in action and not just Estella and my wife, but the entire Mujeres Brew Club. There's a power there that is undeniable. And I just want to hand this over to them and see what happens. But I have 100% confidence that whatever happens is going to be a beautiful thing. Hell yeah, you do. You sign the lease, bro. <laughs> you, you better. You wouldn't do it otherwise. <laughs> That's awesome, man. One, giving the opportunity. Two, believing in your brand enough to sign the lease. And yeah. three, yeah. And now there's going to be a Mexican-led brewery. Yeah, another one. You know, three. Now there's there's for sure three now, and it's mujeres, it's it's border X, and it's three punk. Yeah, and it's like oh crap. Now 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 there's the power of three. Yeah, diversity is beautiful, man. Diversity is delicious. That's my hashtag, man. Diversity is delicious. Speaking of delicious, did you bring any beers today? I should have. I didn't bring any. ¿Qué pasaste de Winnie? ¿Qué pasó aquí? Yo no sé qué pasó. Ah, man. ¿Qué más te iba a preguntar? Tell me about your background because I know it's Hewlett Packard, but what exactly drew you to that? Yeah. What what was your your history in in Hewlett Packard? So, um, did a, I did my bachelor's degree in Latin American history and economics, and I always wanted to figure out how to help my community. So when I looked at my parents, I've seen that they've been uh, buffeted. They're, they are refugees of the economic situation. So they immigrated from Mexico. Why do you think they left families, properties, you know, history? Is there was no economic future for them in Mexico. No, pues no. Hey. They had to come. And that's a big decision. And I think people have to acknowledge that people are leaving everything they have to come and try to form a new life. And so I've always been interested in what are the economic forces behind people. So I got my degree in economics and Latin American history. Um, I went to Princeton University. I was a Woodrow Wilson fellow, um, you know, was studying economic development and emerging economies. Uh, and then one of the speakers, so when I was at Princeton, he said, you know what? Don't go into nonprofits, go into the private sector and do good. Take your morals, your ethics, everything Put it to that work. you want to do. Put it to work in the private sector. And that's when I went to HP. And it was really interesting. Within uh, two years, I was assigned in Guadalajara, Mexico, helping uh, really develop and build out the Silicon Valley of Mexico. I would meet with like different companies from across Asia and North America and say, hey, 
this is going to be a manufacturing hub. You need to set up a subsidiary here. So plastic injection molding, uh, the sheet metal stamping, uh, you know, uh, assembly of printers, which was principally what we were doing. So I was down there for three years and I felt really uh, proud because we created thousands of jobs, thousands of high paying jobs for Latinos in Guadalajara. That's awesome. That's yeah. Fucking and that was great. a perfect example. Yeah. You put it to work. Put it to work. And so we're kind of in the same boat. Um, I went to, so HP has always been this uh, about kind of how do I take my ethics, my morals, and put them in the play. My last job was I was the head of global education. So my job was to work with different governments like China and uh, Dutch or Holland, you know, different uh, countries around the world uh, to see how we deploy technology into the classroom. Because at the end of the day, how you teach your kids is how you develop economies, right? So yeah. I was just kind of, the, that's the way I saw They're it. They're getting the baton. Exactly. And so the higher quality students you can produce, the higher quality companies and, you know, people that you can have in that economy. And I felt, I love that job. I was, I mean, it was phenomenal. Um, but when this came about, Border X, I saw an opportunity to really get engaged in a real community with real people doing real things. And that's why Border X to me is like this natural extension of how do you help communities? How do you create opportunities? And, you know, breweries at the end of the day, I've always argued are catalysts to redevelop communities that have been neglected for a long time. I mean, were you one of the first, I think on this whole street to really come new investment to come to the street? I'm there yeah, were some we, really great it, ones. It, it was a pocket of friends. It was a pocket of people. It was third Avenue Whale house and yeah. it was us. And then a few months later, it was Tony next door at Barsi Nombre. And then everything just started popping up. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. And fortunately, it was all people from the South Bay. That's, that's what That's what I think is unique about what we have down here. It's like everyone who opened down here is from the South yeah. Bay. And that's the best kind of development. When people come in from outside and just say, I know what's right for you. It's like, no, you don't. You don't. You don't speak for us. So I have. I think that you have a vision of an economic future for this street where it's not just Starbucks or big brand beer companies or whatever. It should be a reflection of the unique characteristics of the South Bay. Yeah. The people, the music, the traditions, a, a the culture. Pot, you know, a melting, a melting pot. Because there's so yeah. many cultures down here in, yeah. in the South Bay and Chula Vista it specifically. It's like, it's not one thing. No. It's everything. Yeah. We're often referred to as Chulawana, but it's like, bro... If that's oh. what if if that's what you want to run with, you're you're missing the boat. There's yeah. a whole slew of other things going on down here, you know. Well, there's I mean the Filipino community yeah, is it's huge large here. in the South Bay. It's fucking Paradise Hills, mm -hmm. you know, and and then the, the black community now. Yes, it's grown tremendously down in the South Bay, yeah. man. It, it's 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 fucking awesome. Yes, there's no for me. There's no other word to explain it than yes. Yes. I went to Bonita Vista High School, and in the era in which I graduated, which was the late 90s, 97, was voted the most uh, culturally diverse high school in the U.S. Yeah. And it made sense because in our school, it's like it was everything, man. And this is what Border X was always intended to stand for, was that there's so much richness in all these different communities. And if you're able to cross borders... You know, I'm not talking about just physical borders, mm -hmm, but sure. borders that exist between our own communities. Yeah. There are many. You, you yeah. are better off, brother. I mean, I grew up with a Filipino guy, Lyndon Corpus. And oh my God, the egg rolls, dude. I It was such a treat to be there 
you know, visiting him and his mom would be cooking up yeah. some egg rolls. And I'd I be think like, you know this. Every time, my best friend, yeah. Filipino, Errol, Errol Leggett, anytime <laughs> I would go up the street and go to his house, man, I'd open the door and it fucking smelled marvelous. <sighs> yeah. Pancet was there. He, there was always a, 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 a crock pot of rice cooking. Yeah. It smelled fucking amazing. And he in turn would tell me the same thing. Yeah. He's like, bro, anytime I go to your house, I fucking open the door. And I was like, whoa. It just smelled like Mexico. It was like fucking Mexican food. And I was like, yeah. So, I mean, when we say this, it's fucking true. Yeah. Like, that, like my best friend was Filipino, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. it, 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 it was just like, a, a, it was beautiful, man. And I still, I still, he's still my friend, you know? Like, yep. and that was when we were seven years old. And, <laughs> I had, and I had very white friends and dude, sloppy Joe's. El oh my God. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? They about the corn dogs. Yeah, the corn dogs. <laughs> it's like, what are you eating? And again, I think you either have to believe this and live it or or not, which is diversity is delicious, man. I mean, I feel so blessed to live, to have grown up with a Filipino best friend, with a white yeah. best friend, with Italian. I had an Italian girlfriend. Her dad was a butcher. Holy shit. You better do the right thing. The if, a wife, if a dad is a butcher, canijo, you got to walk scary. the straight line. It was scary. Yeah, I had to be really careful around it. It was high school. So it was all innocent, but I'd go over there and it's like real Italian meatballs, you know, spaghetti, lasagna. And it's like, how can you not? That to me is America, man. That ability to cross borders yeah. again of just partaking in all this cultural richness. How can you not, how can that not be a beautiful, great thing that we should all be trying to cultivate? Not this assimilate, we have one cuisine, we have one culture, blah, blah, blah. Even no. further, us versus them. Yeah. This is not for you. This is not for us. Exactly. Those days are done. Yes. Those days are done. And yes. with the name of your company, your brewery, Border X, it's a yeah. fucking beautiful name, bro. Right? It's a perfect name, you know, because it's, it's, it's Border X. Yeah. X. The unknown variable. Exactly. Everybody, bro. You get it. You know what I'm saying? It's you like it. it's like there. Pinchy mm-hmm. dude. Why did it take so long for us to fucking link up and get this podcast going? I know, right? This has been really great. Nice. We're gonna we're gonna do it again. Yeah. We're gonna link up with you. I wanna cause bro, Princeton, Stanford, yeah, yeah. HP, <laughs> small business owner, <laughs> now multiple locations. Yeah. It's like, bro, you're doing yeah. it. You did I it. Hope so you're getting there. I'm you working got there. It. I'm here. You know? Yeah. The controversial take. Um, yeah. Not really, but kind of. We have to work extra hard to be taken seriously in this industry. Oh, are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. So that's not that's not just like a something I feel like no. in, in, in the back of my mind saying, yeah. "Am I working extraordinarily hard simply to be?" accepted again for me man oh, i'm a dickhead i'm an asshole <laughs> when it comes to that mentality of like born on third thinking you hit a triple it's like no bitch you have no idea what yeah. it takes to put bat on ball yeah. and to hustle from home plate and round first second and slide into third and barely yeah barely get into third and they go to the fucking the the, the replay review and say all right yeah yeah he's safe yeah like those are the things we had to do just to get where you fucking started yeah and i feel like as a minority owner, and, and I know because I've talked to other people who are minorities, not necessarily Mexicans, but minorities in this thing of ours here. And it's like, yeah, man, it's not easy. I feel like one, yeah. and I was telling Estela, I was like, it's, I feel like it's three steps. Yeah. The first step is like, yeah, all right, Mexican-owned brewery, ha, 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 yeah. And then two, it's like, oh, well, they're doing it. Hate. Yeah. You know, like fucking shit on them. Yeah. yeah. And then third, it's like, fuck, those guys went through that. Respect. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, okay, they did it. You know? 
Dude, uh, we went through that whole cycle. I mean, for the first two years, I think, we didn't even have an IPA. Mm. Imagine being a brewery in San Diego without an IPA. So refreshing. Yeah, Down, exactly. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people criticized us. They're like, oh, you're making gimmicky beers. Mm-hmm. You're doing this. You're Gimmicky brand, probably. Gimmicky say, brand. Yeah. And you're like, whatever. And then that vindication came, ironically enough, the beginning of March. You know that we got nominated for a James Beard Award. Tell me about the James Beard Award. I Dude. know it's a fucking humongous deal. It's prestigious. It's something everyone in the service industry aspires to become a finalist in. And that's yeah. what you were. We were a finalist in the James Beard Award. It's very prestigious, very culinary focused, mm-hmm. but they have a whole separate category for best uh, producer. They call in the category and it includes wine, liquor, and beer. And the people who've won it and been nominated uh, for beer in this category are people like Sam Calagione from Ooh, Dogfish, Dogfish Head, Head yeah. uh, Allagash Brewing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, mm-hmm. you go through the names. Big wigs, big wigs. Yeah, you're like, David these are giants, yeah. giants in the industry. And when I first, someone called me up, they're like, dude, you better check the, the article. I'm like, what's everyone talking about? Like, you're a semifinalist for the James Beard Award. And so I had a whole bunch of media events. And I actually, to be totally honest, I was like, I don't deserve this. I don't feel worthy to have this recognition. But after a while, I really started thinking about it. I go, no, dude, what they're acknowledging isn't that you're the biggest or you have the broadest distribution or whatever. They're acknowledging that you put it on the line. You're, you have a vision for your brewery. You're executing that vision and you're going to get a lot of stones thrown at you. But that's what an in- innovator does, right? And uh, I eventually got comfortable with that category. And I said, you know what? You're right. I put it all on the line. I'm trying to redefine what beer can be. I mean, I love a great IPA. We're drinking this phenomenal. Does it have a name yet? This Imperial IPA? Not yet. No, no, it's just the the anniversary beer for the Manhattan. I mean, I love this. But the fact is, (laughs) beer comes in so many styles and forms. And I want to be part of growing that. And I want to be part of growing our Latino roots into those different styles. And, uh, and so I got comfortable with it. I said, you know what? Yeah, I do deserve it. You were, you were, you were speaking. Awesome. <laughs> Fucking phenomenal, bro. That, that, that's next level. When you win something, when people that I know, when people like, like I consider uh, uh, like colleagues and people in this little same struggle, like when you get acknowledged for something, like I, I'm yeah. like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. For me, I, I, I'm proud of you. And it makes Thank me feel you, like, man. yeah, he's, he's, he doesn't realize David doesn't realize that he's just he's doing this for Border X and his fucking and 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 his brand and his family. Yeah, it's like I'm like, I'm hanging on on there somewhere. I'm hanging on. I'm like, yeah, this dude is doing it for all of us. You know, it's like I'm I'm with it. You know, I'm, I'm Almost, hanging on. Yeah. But you were mentioning something right now about how you didn't feel like you deserved it. I was right now when you were talking. I was looking at my phone. I was trying to find an article that somebody sent me about um. And it's I'm not even going to be, it's going to be a little bit ambiguous about it, but it was an article relating to the fact about faking it or feeling like you don't deserve it or feeling like you're you're conning your way into it. And it's like, don't feel that. No, you've struggled. You've, you've made it, you've created your own path and you've clawed your way to where you have become your own name, your own brand. People are looking to you. And I read that because I often find myself, which I feel is another Mexican trait. It's like doubting myself. Fuck, am I even doing this right? Yeah. You know, am I, am I on the right track? Am I, what the fuck am I wasting my time, effort, money, every energy on it? Am I even accepted? And then at some point you just got to realize I don't care. Yeah. I'm not doing it for acceptance. I'm not doing it for this. Like I told you before we went started, I I have too many mouths to feed. I have three little boys. I have a family. I have a wife. You know, I have I have bills, responsibilities. 
I got to do it and keep doing it because of them. Yeah. You know, they look up to me and they, and, and I look to them. Like I look to them and, and they make me better. You know, um, I just celebrated my 15 year anniversary with wifey and it's like, we're a fucking unit, man. Yeah. We're a solid unit. And we, and, and I work hard to, to, to lead, lead this path to get us to the next level. And, those articles that those help me, you know, sends me a lot of them. My mom, my mom's always, I mean, are you doing enough? You know? And then, and, and I just read it. And I'm like, Oh, do you have sleepless nights? Oh, it's a common thing. And then she just sends me a bunch of these articles and I read them. Cause for me, the toughest part about being a business owner, the toughest part about being a head of household, to being a husband, to being a father, to being a quote unquote, like leader in the community is those nights. Yeah. When you lay down, when everything, all the lights are off, bro. Everything is locked up. The kids are tucked into bed. Your teeth are brushed. You did everything. You looked at yourself in the mirror like, yeah, good job. Like you lay in bed and you try to be right before you close your eyes. For me, the hardest part is, fuck, yeah. what's next? What am I doing? Am I doing it right? There's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of pressure. The weight of the world is on my shoulders. It doesn't help that I'm a fucking, I, I, I'm a head case when it comes to that, man. <laughs> it, it doesn't help that I overthink everything. Yeah. It, it, it's like, Two plus two is four, or is it? That's my mentality. Yeah. I just keep overthinking yeah. things until I break yeah. it down to the bare minimum. But for me, the toughest part, and it was before I became a business owner, is those nights when my wife is asleep. I look over, I turn off the TV and everything's done. Yeah. And there's silence. There's no hum. Assuming it's not 110 degrees, the AC is not on. You're just relaxing in bed and laying in your bedroom. I don't hear anything and I'm just alone mm -hmm. with what I've done, with my thoughts, with my game plan. And that's when I'm strategic the most, Yeah, you know, and, and I, I piss a lot of people off because I run my my companies, my businesses, my small businesses, my things, my projects. I run them <laughs> and people shit on me because I run it like a cartel, man. You know, it's <laughs> like, what is my ultimate goal? My ultimate goal yeah. is to get from A to Z. Mm -hmm. What is in the way from A to Z? What are, what are these other letters that are getting in the way for me yeah. reaching my ultimate goal? Fuck it. I have to eliminate them. Yeah. You know, obviously not cartel style, but obviously I have to eliminate them, get them out of my way, whether it's negativity, whether it's second guessing, whether it's me self-doubting, I have to fucking eliminate all of those things because yeah. those are the things that get in my way. And I attribute that to just being me, being Mexican, yeah. being just raising my culture. You know, it's like always self-doubting. Am I doing what is that? I don't know if you feel that. I just oh, needed to kidding? get that shit off my fucking chest because no. it bothers me to Dude. this fucking day. Yeah. Mean, you know, I think the thing about starting a business, a lot of people think it's like, oh, because when you read a biography, it's like, oh, yeah, Bezos started Amazon and it yeah. was just piece of cake. I think way. When I read your biography, it's like, oh, Princeton. <laughs> oh, Stanford. Oh, Hewlett Packard. High executive. Oh, open a brewery. All of a sudden, here I am. It's the Beard Award. It's a piece yeah. of cake. They don't yeah. see. No. They, they, they see the chapters. They don't see the interludes. No. They don't see the transitions. They don't see the shit that you have to do to no. get to that. And, you know, the, one of the biggest, so I've been in this game now for six years. And the toughest thing is, I think the point you're coming up is establishing the mental fortitude to withstand the pressure and the issues and the shit literally that gets thrown at you. Yeah. And I got to tell you, um, this COVID thing should be killing me mentally from a stress perspective. But I feel like I've evolved my own way of thinking. And I think you're shaking your head too, that I've developed a toolkit of coping mechanisms of dealing with imp uh, imposter syndrome. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. <sighs> exactly. And I've gotten to a point where it's like, no, I'm just going to take it one day at a time. I'm going to take the decisions. I literally was not, I haven't really been losing a lot of sleep. 
um, since COVID started, which you would say, oh my God, dude, that's it. Your business is over. You're done for. You know, all the losses, the debts you're going to carry. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, There's man. this whole little talk track in your brain. Every night. That if you're not careful. It'll take it over. Spins out. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, what time is it? Two yeah. o'clock and I'm still uh, thinking about this shit. <laughs> Two o'clock. I got to be at work in half an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, because you start super shit, early. Man. But there is an evolution of yourself, myself. I am a totally different person than I was even six years ago. Good. Uh, it has created a lot of stress in my life and I've figured out how to deal with it. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job at this point, but it is an evolution. And one of the thoughts I have, and maybe we can talk about this in a follow-up one is I've always been curious about how do I share my experience with other Latino entrepreneurs who maybe like you and I, who have been through it, you know, are either thinking about going through it or in it right now. It's like, how do we help each other to establish that kind of mental fortitude, those kinds of, no, dude, you're okay. If you feel this way, it's natural. It's normal. Here's how I got out of it. Maybe it might help you. Um, but I was even thinking of starting up a podcast. Same thing. Like, Ooh, handle it. Yeah, you know, just kind of going back to, because I've always cared about economic development. You're taking care of your family. This is, you're doing this for your family, for yourself, for the next generation. I'm doing the same thing. And, um, you know, we buy off a lot, bite off a lot in terms of the work that we do. I kind of joke around that the, before I really committed to Border X and, you know, uh, leaving HP, a cushy job and all that, I actually wrote a little quick blurb that I'll have to share at some point about why do I feel like I'm a sadomasochist? Why do I constantly challenge myself to go bigger, to go above what and it's something about the way we grew up. That's who we are. That's who we are. We're not content. Like, no, we're no. not content. And it isn't about ego either. No. It's just. I think it's easily confused though. Easily I confused. think it's easily confused. Like ah, pinchy to look at him starting yeah. a podcast. All of a sudden, he wants to be so egotistical. And it's like that's not what I do. It one. Yeah. This is why I do it, man. Yeah. Like I, 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 I people who I have honor, people who I want to aspire to, like I want to learn from you. Yeah. You know, I want to be how you are. Like you know, it's like pinchy. David, bro, is like, Otay, Barrio, Bell, Princeton, is, yeah. Stanford, HP. It's like, you're fucking, your lineage, your hustle, your effort, yeah. all of that got you to where you are now. Yeah. You know? So it's like, everything that I've done, you know, fucking yeah. community college, San Diego State, we couldn't, Siebel Brewing Institute, and to the brewery, to the bar, to the podcast, all of that is here into my family. And it's, and it's, and it's awesome, bro. Yeah. And it's cause, cause we're the same, you know, we, we have the same background, you know, we have the same culture and, and, and I have cousins who are like, my fucking cousin, I can't do that. And then I'm like, nah, bro, you can. Yeah. You know, you just got to hustle. You know, you just got to, you just got to use, you got to work smart, not hard. Yeah. You know, you got to, I know it's, <laughs> this one sounds lame, but it's the fucking most cliche thing that brings the most truth. If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. You got you. You have to make sure you know what it is. Yeah. Whether it's waking up the morning and writing something down or saying it to yourself, like today I'm going to do this. Yeah. I got to accomplish. It's just it's just time management and it's just preparation. And it's like I got to do these things in order to get to the next level. If I don't do these things, I'm going to be stagnant. I'm going to stay in this level. Yeah, I have to do these three things: four, one, two, whatever. To get to the next level. Yeah. If I fail to accomplish these tasks, mm -hmm. I got nobody blaming myself and I'm going to mm -hmm. stay here and it'll be Groundhog Day until I get that shit done. Yeah. You know? So yeah. when I have people like you on, people like you being, you know, 
somebody who I want to be like. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, we were a lot the same, but I still want to aspire to be like you. You're a it's, hard worker. You're very intelligent. You don't know quit. You just keep going. You keep yeah, going. There's yeah. people throwing shit, wrenches, doubt, obstacles. Don't do it. They're yeah. all throwing it. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, yeah. jumping, moving, dodging, you know. Zigging and zagging. Yeah. No, I think we can learn something from everyone. I mean, if we're open to it, we have a dialogue. I think everyone can teach everyone else. And that's why I've always been, you know, and I've still been struggling with trying to figure out exactly what format and exactly how to organize it. But, you know, I'm a big follower of Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know mm, if you yeah, follow him. Yeah. I love his he's, I love his accent. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, dude, just record. Just create content. Share your experiences with everyone. You know, what are you doing? What are you being faced with? How are you dealing with it? And let people like pull the curtain. See, see behind the facade. People want to see that. Yes. People want to learn about that. Yeah. I want to learn about that. That's yeah. why you're here. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I want to learn. How did you get to where you are? Yeah. What was the steps you took? What was the path you took? Yeah. You know, how is it different from mine? Oh, okay. Oh, fuck. There's more than one road that leads to this. Absolutely. David, so I'd love to do more. of that, that was fucking awesome. It was. Thank you, brother. I feel energized. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to link up and do more shit together, man. Hell, I, yeah. It all starts with at least a collaborative beer. Yeah. We'll do something and then we'll go ahead and uh, take it from there, bro. Yeah. Whatever you're involved in, let them know. There's a little Mexican from Chula Vista who wants to jump on board and be involved in too. Claro que and we'll sí. take it from there, brother. Felicidades claro con sí. todo. Andale, muchas Let's gracias, get through this COVID eh? shit and keep it growing. Orale.